You're listening to Two Therapists in Therapy, a podcast about self-growth, self-love, and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Sarah Brill, a licensed clinical social worker, EMDR trauma therapist, and writer. And I'm your other host, Becca Moravec, licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Enneagram enthusiast. I'm a two, Sarah's a four. (laughs) Today is our first podcast where we explore the meaning of self-acceptance. Enjoy! Hello. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Becca. So um, this is our first episode of our podcast, Sacred Self. And we're sitting here in Becca's basement in Denver, Colorado. Can we say where, where we are? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're in Denver. Okay. Um, and Becca, how do we know each other? Um, so Sarah and I know each other. We've known each other since 2013. Uh-huh. I think so. Doing math on my fingers. That's six years. Whoa. Um, I know. It's crazy. Um, Time flies. Well, we know each other because we're friends. Um, mm-hmm. But we became friends because we are both therapists. And mm-hmm. what kind of therapist are you? I am a licensed professional counselor and a licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. And a really, a really good one. And what kind of therapist are you? <laughs> I am a licensed clinical social worker and a certified EMDR therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, EMDR is a trauma treatment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sarah is a kick-ass therapist. Thanks, Becca. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, so we met in a therapy training program um, in Denver. Mm-hmm. And we got to work really closely together for a few years. Mm-hmm. And, and we realized we were soulmates. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> soulmates. When was the moment we like really first, I think I know what it was, first became friends? I don't know. You have to tell me. I remember... Um, we were in the intern room, which was like this room that had computers and lots of files and where we took intake calls for, um, future clients that we were working with. Um, it was a sliding scale clinic, um, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was like one of my very first days at, um, the place where we worked. Should we say what it's called? Yeah, Denver Family Institute. Yeah. I think we should give it a yeah. shout out because yeah, totally. um, we're going to be talking a lot about mental health, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Denver Family Institute is a nonprofit counseling center in Denver where you can get low fee um, uh, therapy, quality therapy. And we're not sponsored by them. Mm-hmm. But No, we're not. <laughs> but but um, I think it's a really important resource because I know therapy can be so inaccessible for people. Mm-hmm. So that is where we were working when we met. Yeah. And we called it DFI. So if you hear us talk about DFI, that's what we're talking about. Um, and Becca actually pretty much um, kind of ran DFI for um, mm-hmm. lots and lots of years. And so when I met her, I was a student and she was the director mm-hmm. of DFI, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember I was in the internship room and I remember there was like a summer intern in there and she was pretty shy and she was just feeling, I think she was like kind of 
bummed out about something. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what she was feeling sad about, but we ended up talking about love and we ended up talking about first loves. And then I started sharing about like my experiences with first love and like getting my heart broken and, and like having my feeling like my whole life was falling apart and, and the journey afterwards. And then you came in and then you were super open and we were talking about college and Boulder and how Boulder is kind of a dark place. And we sort of connected on that. And then I was like, Oh my God, I've never heard anyone describe Boulder as a dark place because going to college there, most people are like, Oh my God, Boulder. It's so amazing. And then I felt like we had something in common. Like you were actually being real and I felt like I could open up to you. Thanks. That was like the first moment I felt like, ooh, Becca's cool. She's honest. <laughs> She's real. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your first memory of me? Oh, that's you're putting me on the spot because <laughs> I was. So I was I, w- I was the director of operations and I clearly had not super boundaries because I became best, like best friends with interns. Um, but it's hard when you are connected in a soul way like that to not allow yourself to be connected. Um, so specific memories, I don't know. Um, but I can remember a time where you referred to me as one of your closest friends and that made me feel super loved and super excited I don't know when that was but Mm -hmm. it was early on um and that felt really exciting because as you'll get to know us on this podcast um you know you will get to know that I am less easily vulnerable <laughs> and I jump right into uh-huh. vulnerability. <laughs> and that's like Sarah's bread and butter. And so um I I remember feeling like very excited and being like feeling seen by Sarah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't know when that was. Uh, yeah. I just feel like so many awesome conversations happened in that like those first few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was cool because it was like this experience we're actually really close in age. So even though like the hierarchy of like the structure of DFI was there, yeah, we actually had had really parallel paths yeah. for certain parts well, of our lives. I am. Oh my god, I'm older than you. Yeah, you're older than me. Yeah. So I mean, I was your boss. <laughs> she was my boss. Yeah. Um. But so yeah. Anyway, so but that's how we became friends. Uh-huh. And then how did we decide to do this podcast? Well, because I think because of those very conversations, um, I think that podcasting, I love listening to podcasts. Um, I love those conversations with you. And I think that we keep having conversations and we think, hey, we should be recording this Mm -hmm. because we're talking about things that matter Mm -hmm. um, to us. And I think that in those conversations, we, we were wondering, well, what would be what would be the like underbelly the fruit of what we'd be talking about and even in our even in our journeys as therapists and the journeys we have with our clients and not only as therapists because I also want to say you're also not just a therapist yeah we're humans too. yeah and you're a writer oh me yeah. we're talking about me now yeah yeah oh oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're a writer uh-huh Sarah's a writer but about this idea of um self-acceptance mm-hmm um, yeah, so I just feel like we wanted to 
record these conversations and invite people in and share in a really accessible way. Yeah. What we study every day. Yeah. And so you, you well, you had always been like super excited about the idea of doing a podcast because you listen to so many mm-hmm. and because like you said, of and our conversations. Yeah. And because I'm a millennial and I'm like, let's do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you magically have the equipment, uh-huh. which is so cool. Um, so you had been really excited about the idea and we had talked before, like you said, about our conversations and then we were eating a meal together. We were eating acai bowls after we worked out one day right yeah and um you were like well what would the theme of it be and um we were kind of tossing back all kinds of ideas back and forth and then we kind of realized that sort of the general theme that we end up usually discussing is like the journey to self-acceptance. Yeah. Actually, no, that's, and you just reminded me, one of my earliest memories with Sarah, it was right after your internship that summer. Uh-huh. Um, so the summer after we met, uh-huh. Sarah came with me to get a tattoo. Um, I got a tattoo um, and she came with me. So that is a really important memory to me. Oh. Um, because my tattoo was about self-acceptance of myself. And that's so cool. I know. That's so amazing. it feels really full circle. Yeah, that's totally yeah, and full she circle. She came with me and held my hand, and it was like on a random Tuesday. And it was she really just, fun. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to go get a tattoo. And she just was like, I'll come with you. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so that is really full circle. Uh-huh. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. Maybe it was like an omen, a good omen or something yeah. or a sign. And it was a time in my life where. I mean, I think we all go through this where as you become an adult, having self-acceptance also means um, like finding your people, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Finding people who also accept you. Mm-hmm. And that was, that felt important to me in mm-hmm. that moment. Well, letting yourself be seen mm-hmm. so you can find your people. Yeah. So you were, yeah. you let me see you. Yeah. Which brought us closer. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so... Anyway, so yeah, we were talking about like, what do we want the theme to be? We want the theme to be self-acceptance. And so we kind of talked about maybe from here on out, like interviewing people about their different journeys, their diverse journeys to self-acceptance. And of course, self-acceptance is always evolving. But um, yeah, that's kind of what we decided on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, when you say that's always evolving... um, that we never arrive. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this com- this podcast and this conversation can keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, because, totally. Because in 2013, I thought I had, you know, come to some place mm-hmm. in self-acceptance mm-hmm. when I got that tattoo, which is the Deathly Hollows from Harry Potter for all the Harry Potter fans out there <laughs> who can relate to me. Um, and um, I'm so different than I was in 2013. So mm, in six years, that totally. journey looks completely different. So mm-hmm. I think that's why this conversation can be, is big and exciting to and me. ever evolving. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it might be kind of cool since this is podcast number one to just like talk about what do you think self-acceptance means? Like, what does that mean to you from like a heart place? Not necessarily like an intellectual place, but when you like ask your heart, what does that mean to you? Hmm. 
And, and just so you know, we haven't talked about the <laughs> at all about this. So uh, it really is my, um, I mean, so self-acceptance. And I totally just put you on the spot. You did. But I appreciate it because I think that um, self-acceptance is that, is partly that. Um, your shitty first draft, which is Brene Brown's language, right? Mm-hmm. This idea of being able to wrestle around with your thoughts, um, being gentle with yourself as they come out. So my shitty first draft, if I can say shitty mm-hmm. on here. You can, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I listen mm-hmm. to Dak Shepard's podcast and he uses the F word like all the time. All the time. So, and I use the F word all the time. So yeah, we'll, me we'll too. see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so self-acceptance is this idea that um, I can live in a world where I'm not preoccupied with becoming somebody I'm not. Ooh. Yeah. I want to give that like snaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think cool. I think so much of like um our sadness, uh our anxiety is this is all of the brain space that it takes to constantly be trying to morph ourselves into somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so self-acceptance is freeing yourself from that uh so that you can show up in the world as you are mm-hmm. and be okay with who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the first step to before liking yourself. Mm. Mm. I think liking yourself is maybe included in that, but accepting yourself is all of it. Is like even the parts that you don't like. Hmm. So self acceptance is. Um, well, do you think that? Do you think that liking yourself is even a thing? Absolutely, I do. Uh huh. I think that I there are moments in my life right now where. I'm, I like myself and I like my life, uh-huh. but only because I've been willing to accept myself. But do you feel like if you like, if you like yourself, does that mean you dislike parts of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. But then how does that play into acceptance? Um, so like I'm thinking about my struggle with vulnerability. Uh-huh. Like I don't like that about uh-huh. myself, but I accept that it exists Ooh. and that allows me to generally like myself i don't know if that and maybe like is the semantics are wrong but i'm thinking about my owning my darkness like owning your story again Brene brown language because i have a little professional crush on her because like can i interrupt you really Uh quickly because like for me something that like has been a struggle for me is like i can be really reactive you Mm -hmm. and i've talked about this so many times right Mm -hmm. And that's been something I've been really working on. But, like, I also, like, I don't know if I don't like my reactivity or if it's that I feel like it um, gets me into trouble. And so, like, I need to, um, but I also love it because it warns me when something is really wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I think that's a difference between self-acceptance and liking yourself is mm. acceptance is the first step. So I think if you accept your reactivity, then you can learn to appreciate it, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. But if you aren't willing to look at it and wrestle with not liking it, if you're not willing to accept it, if that makes sense, like, I think so self-acceptance is the first step to liking yourself, including your flaws. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the goal is to, no, I do think the goal is to, I... I think it is awesome to like yourself. Yeah, but I guess what I'm wondering is like, do we get do we ever get to get to the point where we like all of ourself, even even the parts of ourselves that I mean, we're like, hey, I want to look at this more and I want to work on this more. 
do we have to have parts of ourselves that we don't like? Yeah, I think so. Because we are human. So we have darkness. Like, I I think that, I mean, I guess if we reach enlightenment, that'd be pretty friggin' sweet. Uh-huh. But I also think that um, s- self-acceptance is accepting the parts of myself that I don't like. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So accepting that you don't like those parts. Yeah. And accepting that they're there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Accepting that sometimes I, um, and, and acceptance is the only way to work on them. And no, I think self-acceptance is also knowing that you're not going to just change everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I would love to say that I'm never going to be um, nitpicky mm-hmm. with my spouse, Chad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can come home after telling couples in the couples therapy mm-hmm. how to be nice to each other and I can just like pick Mm -hmm. and I think that I have to accept that there's something in me Mm -hmm. not that might not be the best example but I have to accept it and I don't like that part of myself but I accept and once I accept it I can work on it Mm. that makes sense yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah so self-acceptance is is the first step to working on yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't accept your darkness and the parts of yourself that you don't like, mm-hmm. or the parts that you do like, mm-hmm. you can't really move forward. Yeah, make move forward. Movement. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, you can't move. Uh-huh. So I think they're very different. Liking yourself, not liking yourself, and self-acceptance. Um, but I think that sometimes, so maybe I don't have like a conclusion here, but sometimes self-acceptance precedes um, liking yourself. For example, in the body positive movement, um, you don't have to love yourself. Like I think that's a, a really, um, that can be really hard on people who like don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. So they can be like, oh, well, I don't like that my belly looks like this or that my arms look like this. And part the first step is, could you accept that mm. your belly looks like that mm. and that your arms look like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to love it. I'm just mm. asking for you to accept it mm-hmm. so that it can exist, so that you're not constantly fighting yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Can I throw that question back to you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like totally in my like overanalyzing logical mind stuck on this idea of liking self. But well, but well, that's okay. But let's ask the question, what is self-acceptance to you? Okay. Um, let's see. I'm closing my eyes because it helps me think or it helps me like actually answer. Um, what is self-acceptance to me? I think for me, what the first thing that comes to mind is owning my story. It's like owning every single part of the choices I've made, the, the path that I've taken, the um, lessons that I've had to learn, the things that maybe I would have done differently. Like when I look back, wishing I, times I wish I would have had more wisdom, like owning just every part of my path, I think. And um, sometimes I feel like... Um, is that pumpkin? Yeah, that's my dog. You might we might not hear her on the recording though. Um but yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, and for me some days I feel like But what does that give you? What does that, that give me? Yeah, well, what's the purpose? It gives me peace. Okay. And it also gives me a sense of um 
meaning in the world. Like it makes me feel like um, everything I'm going through has something to teach me. I have something to gain from it, even if it was painful or even if I wish I would have gone about it differently. There is my soul for lack of a better word is being enriched or I'm, I'm just always growing. Every experience that I'm walking through is teaching me something. And so when I look at my life from that place, I have um, acceptance and I don't want things to be different. I don't, I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, self-acceptance is literally a daily practice. Like when my brain decides to just really give me a hard time and convince me of all the things that should be different. Um, I really have to lean into asking myself, how has everything I've been through really for me and that helps me feel a lot of kind of just grace I think grace is the right word yeah for myself yeah is grace the right word yeah I think yeah. so uh-huh. I, I really resonate with what I was just thinking as you were talking about the idea of peace because mm-hmm. um, we can't have peace if we don't have acceptance mm-hmm. right so if I don't accept that I don't know, my job pays me only this amount, mm-hmm. um, then I'm going to constantly be upset about it. Mm-hmm. But if I come to acceptance, then I get to do something about mm-hmm. it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not do, or just be. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's okay. a really so I'm, a great example, Right now but. I'm just thinking, like, as we're talking, because we just kind of gave a philosophical answer, I'm going to, like, totally just yeah. put you on the spot again. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. So I'm thinking of, like, what's the most recent time? Because I think it'd be cool eventually to kind of talk about, like, our own journeys to self-acceptance and maybe, like, come up with some questions for each other about that mm-hmm. and maybe future people that we interview. Yeah. But, like, I'm thinking about maybe right now just on the spot thinking about like what would you say is something recently that you've been grappling with um internally that you've had to accept yeah um i think for me that's my body Mm. i think that um and i i imagine that listeners will hear me talk about this a lot um if you follow my instagram uh, millennial therapist, mm-hmm. then you know that I am a health at every size clinician um, and I'm really into intuitive eating, but that's after 15 years of being part of diet culture and like gaining and losing a lot of weight mm-hmm. every year for at least 10 of those years, um, like gaining and losing substantial amounts of weight and really kind of wreaking havoc on my body. And so acceptance is accepting stop trying to conform my body into something that it isn't going to be Mm. right Mm -hmm. uh and that has freed up my brain space to be able to do things like grow my business do this podcast enjoy my life be out with my niece and nephew without constantly thinking about my body Mm. and it's a daily practice Mm -hmm. right acceptance of my body i'm um like a small plus size. So in the, you know, so I still have thin privilege in that seats are made for me and I can fit in an airplane and things like that. Um, 
And I also teeter on not meeting the thin ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are days where that's harder, where I like really wish my body looked like something else. But all of that energy that I used to put into that took away from my life. Mm-hmm. Right? It took away from everything, mm-hmm. caused a lot of disordered eating, caused a lot of mental health issues, anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting. As soon as I found self-acceptance of my body, which is a daily practice, it's not like I found it and I'm there forever. Mm-hmm. Right. It's every day is um, that is when I entered into fuller relationships Full, a fuller relationship with my husband, a fuller relationship with my friends. Mm. Um, it, it was, I'm the most successful in this body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my life is the best it's been in this body mm. when I'm not trying to conform to the thin ideal by mm-hmm. diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's and, so diet and exercise for, um, body modification yeah you're such an inspiration thanks you really are yeah yeah I've been like really using so much of your wisdom in so many of my sessions with my female clients yeah just like it feels I mean just your journey and how how much you've learned and the ways that you've accepted yourself and how vocal you are about it I really is in my opinion like so powerful thank you yeah it's i mean it's the it's the air we breathe it's the water we drink is diet culture and mm-hmm. and telling women um how their bodies should look how our faces should look mm-hmm. you know it's it's toxic but it is the air we breathe so mm-hmm. um to to accept your body feels like a radical stance Mm -hmm. like it feels very radical to me when somebody who has known me for a long time is looking at me and saying what do you mean you're not going to go on a diet again Mm -hmm. you're just going to live in that body Mm -hmm. and it's like yes I'm going to live in this body Mm -hmm. and the people my friends my family my husband love me in this body so Mm -hmm. what is you know what is the point Mm -hmm. and it's a daily struggle Mm -hmm. right like in and um our culture makes it really hard for women because it's always changing Mm. (laughs) like what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. It's so So, true. So, um, self-acceptance in that realm is like owning your story, owning, Mm -hmm. owning your body, owning Mm -hmm. that this is, you know, this is the body that is given to me. And it's, and then there's a layer to my self-acceptance because it's not only that this is the body that was given to me, Sarah and I both, we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah is tall. Mm-hmm. And I'm six feet tall. Uh-huh. And I'm 5'8", but, and, and I've been 5'8 since I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of myself as a very tall person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going somewhere with this. Um, um, and well, so, so, yes, I was given that genetically, right? But I also really messed with my body mm-hmm. um, through dieting mm-hmm. and diet culture. It really messes with you. And so um, my body probably isn't what it would be if I would have just let, left it alone. It would probably look a little bit different. Maybe not much different, but a little bit different. And so part of self-acceptance, too, is accepting that that, that those years of doing that to my body is a part of my story. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. So instead of 
I don't like that about myself. I don't like that that happened to me, mm. but I accept it as mm-hmm. a part of my story. And that allows me to like myself. Yeah. It also allows you to have a deepened awareness of kind of how that happened to you and how that might be happening to other people and share a more layered version of your story, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? No. <laughs> okay. So I think like by like, so you said that you don't like how diet culture happened to you, right? Yeah. So by accepting that, by accepting like that was a part of my story, diet culture was a part of my story. And by fleshing that out and maybe even later on, as we talk about this, sharing more about what that looked like, because you're choosing to accept it instead of reject it, like if Mm -hmm. you just didn't like it and you rejected it and you put put it in a box and you didn't share about it, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to enlighten other people that might have that be part of their story as to what, how it might be unconsciously impacting them. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the power of vulnerability, I think, is when someone has a story, when a trauma happens, when something tragic happens, um, and I'm going to use I know trauma is this word that we use a lot right now but I I think that it's good that we use it because I love PM Melody's definition of trauma which is anything less than nurturing mm. right um but this idea that people don't want to share that and then other people feel alone mm-hmm. in it yeah right that's the power of exactly yeah of sharing your story and, and you have to be able to accept yourself in order to mm-hmm. share your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'd love, we can do, we'll talk, you'll probably hear us talk a lot about body image because mm-hmm. that's a huge piece of both of our stories. Yeah. And mm-hmm. existing as a human in this world. Yeah. Like the, and specifically as a woman. And specifically as a woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Can I turn? Good job. So, so I know you are coming up with these awesome questions. Can I turn that back on you? Yeah. I'm a little nervous about having that turn back on me, which is funny because I feel like at the beginning of the podcast, it was like, oh, Sarah is the one that really loves vulnerability. And you're like, I'm nervous around vulnerability. Uh-huh. And then you just like dove right in. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <gasps> All of that helps you. My hands are sweaty. My yeah, hands are. are so sweaty. They're so sweaty. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I think I'm nervous to talk of, well, the, so the, what's the question? So the question is, what is a area of self-acceptance that you've been leaning into recently yeah i don't think that's how you worded it but oh that's such a big question for me and what is it doing for you yeah why work on Mm. self-acceptance i feel like you could answer this in so many different ways yeah i could too so i mean i guess I'm wanting to talk about my relationship with Marcus, but I also feel like that's a bigger conversation. Yeah. I mean, I guess. But that's okay. Yeah. Maybe my my story is too. Yeah. Maybe I could talk about part of that. I think, um, so my husband Marcus is, um, the love of my life and he's wonderful. Um, and we met when we were 14, we went to the same high school. We also went to the same college, but we didn't start dating until like five years after college, maybe six. And we do not come from the same culture and our skin is not the same color. Um, 
Marcus identifies as African-American and I, I guess I identify as white. I, I feel like I don't really love that identity, but um, <laughs> I do have white skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and self-acceptance. Yes, self-acceptance. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, um, I'm sure at some point in this podcast we'll get into the whole sort of story of what happened, but... Um, race has really brought up a lot of um, stuff in my family of origin and um, in kind of my my now life with my husband. And something that I am really working on accepting is that I really care a lot about social justice and that I stand up for what I believe in. And that that is something that kind of damages a lot of relationships and sort of makes people it kind of it kind of makes it hard to people please and I have to be willing to let go of people that aren't um willing to kind of hear how their thoughts or their their expressions might come across as being racist or um really oppressive and Um, so finding my voice in regard to standing up for what I believe in has been a real battle in self-acceptance, um, because by nature, I'm a very loving soul and I really love people and I, I love connection and I truly love connecting with pretty much anyone who crosses my path. And so it's been hard to find my voice and stand up for what I believe in and love that about myself, even if it means that somebody really doesn't like me or doesn't want to be my friend because they don't agree with me. Um, or doesn't want to give me the time of day, even if they're, those are family members. Yeah. So self-acceptance and, um, social justice, um, go hand in hand, but social mm-hmm. justice and people pleasing don't do not go hand in hand. No, no they really don't. Uh huh. <laughs> They're kind of enemies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a super abbreviated version, and I'm not sure how eloquently that, no, that came made out a of lot my of mouth. Sense. That but made a lot of sense. Yeah. So, accepting, I mean, your partner is a part of your life, mm-hmm. too, and accepting your beliefs mm-hmm. and how you show up in this world mm-hmm. and how that means that you won't be connected to people mm-hmm. who can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but it's crazy because when you and I were talking about, like, interviewing people on their journey to self-acceptance, what's, like, really dawning on me right now is, like, I think both, oops, sorry, my hair might be hitting the microphone, sorry, Um, but I think that's such a big question, like, when I'm thinking about my own life, and I don't know if you can relate to this, I feel like there are, like, many different chapters of self-acceptance, Yeah, and so I think that's also a cool thing to think about that, you know... Um, there's one maybe giant overarching story of self-acceptance, but there's also many little chapters layered. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot to talk about. So much to talk about. Is that a conversation that you and Marcus talk about? Yeah. Self-acceptance. Self-acceptance. Yeah. I wouldn't, hmm, do we use that word, Mm -hmm. that phrase? Yeah. Cause I, I imagine the other piece is accepting yourself as a, biracial couple and all that entails Mm -hmm. yeah as you you show up together as a couple in 
you know, in different uh, subsets of your mm-hmm. life. Totally. Where you show up because it's there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. What, yeah, and, that's and the, super. That's so true. I want you to answer that question, but that's yeah, the interesting going. part of the self acceptance thing is um, it's an inside journey, but a lot of it has to do with our outside, right? Mm-hmm. Like you and Marcus show up in a room mm-hmm. and it means something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What do you think it means? Um, I mean, I think it means different things in different contexts that's to so different true. people. Mm-hmm. Like to me, exactly. it means. To me, it means awesome love because mm-hmm. if you knew Sarah and Marcus, you would see them as this like badass power couple. That's Aww. what you feel. It, that's Thanks. what it feels like. If you truly are not holding judgments and aren't right racist, uh, aren't aren't racist. <laughs> well, we're we're all racist. We are all yes, racist. Um, it, that they walk into a room. I mean, I think if Sarah walks into a room, and I think if Sarah and Marcus walk into a room, you're like, oh, those are some people that I want to be around their kind of magnetic personalities and magnetic people. Thanks, Becca. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, And I think that when you walk into a room with, um, that is all black, it means something. If you walk into a room that's all white, it means something. Mm -hmm. If you walk into a professional setting, it means something. Mm -hmm. If you're watching him coach basketball, it means something. Mm -hmm. And so how do you and Marcus accept that, that piece of our that lives. piece of your life and that people are probably constantly holding judgments mm-hmm. about you. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's interesting because we do talk about, you know, being a biracial couple a lot. It comes up all the time. It comes up usually, I mean, I would say like one out of three times that we go out into public together. Um, but I feel like as a general rule, We've been together for nine years this year and, um, no, eight years. And, um, so eight years together, having this be part of my experience, like the idea of race being part of my human experience, because as a white female before marrying Marcus, I had the white privilege of not knowing what it felt like to have that be a part having not knowing what it felt like to have race be a part of my everyday life. And so for me, these experiences that we have when we're out in the world together are a lot more shocking than they are for Marcus, who has, um, you know, lived with this his whole life, lived with this his whole life for 33 years. So oftentimes he's a lot less shocked um, by what people say or the looks that we get or the comments that we get um, than I am. And so that's another dynamic because, um, you know, it's oftentimes I'm the one who's wanting to talk about it and Marcus is the one that's kind of walking me through it, which isn't necessarily fair to him. So, um, yeah, it's complicated. It's a really complicated piece of both of our lives for sure. And I think I think we're both working on like accepting that identity together mm-hmm. and what it means yeah. and what it's going to mean for our future kids if we have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Does that make sense? It does. It makes so much sense. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. That's yeah. a, a really vulnerable topic. And, it is. you know, the other thing I want to say and is for all of our listeners is Sarah and I are humans mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about social justice. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about race. We're going to be talking about, you know, things mm-hmm. <laughs> like really to- heated topics topics and, and we might make mistakes and we might make mistakes and and i want our listeners to know that we will own up to them and 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 please bring them to our awareness yeah. too like if and we, we will, make a mistake yeah, yeah. we're going to try to i mean we'll be listening back you know and if we're, we're going to try to catch them and in the event that we don't catch something and you feel like you can write write us um we want to hear it because we want the feedback mm-hmm. um, to show up, you know, as best as we can. Um, yeah. And like we've been talking about this whole time, this is vulnerable. It's yeah. vulnerable being on the spot and just speaking into a microphone and putting all the thoughts and feelings into words. So I really like what Dax Shepard does. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, you tell, can tell, tell I talk about whatever is on my brain. And which I've, I love about I'm you. Currently, I'm so with you. Keep I've going. currently been listening to um, Dax Shepard's podcast and they go back at the end. He has a uh, uh, Monica who mm-hmm. goes back and fact checks everything he mm-hmm. says so that they catch themselves. Yeah. You know, we don't, we obviously don't have the money to hire <laughs> a Monica, a Monica mm-hmm. to do that for us. Um, but that will be the intention. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate yeah. and that. And call us out. <laughs> like, seriously, I love yeah. to be called out for anyone that knows the Enneagram. I'm a four and four is love. Uh, harsh feedback. <laughs> I don't because they I, feel like it's real. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I have. I don't think I've heard you say it in those terms. Uh-huh. I'm a what two. terms have you heard it said in? I didn't. I hadn't thought about how you liked feedback. Uh huh. Yeah, they're like obsessive feedback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but like specifically, like the more honest and the more yeah. like I don't want to say harsh, but the more like real, the better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. We will probably also talk a lot about the Enneagram because um, Becca got me into the Enneagram. She's completely obsessed. And we're both going to um, a training on the Enneagram. Enneagram. Um, mm-hmm. on in, in August. August. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In Palo Alto. Should tell, tell them what the Enneagram is and for anyone two, who doesn't know. And I'm a two on the Enneagram. Um, the Enneagram is a personality assessment. That's probably not even the right language. I need to get my language down, people. Um, but it's the idea that there's nine personality types. It's ancient, isn't it? Like it is 2,000 years old? Yeah. It shows up in ancient wisdom everywhere. I just finished reading a, a faith-based, a Christian faith-based book called um, The Sacred Enneagram. And he talks about how it shows up in um, Homer's The Odyssey. Ooh. I know. It's super cool. But basically, it's a... It, 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 a Christian faith-based the you said a faith based yeah I said oh a Christian oh you did okay yeah. okay yeah that book is called the sacred enneagram oh, sorry sorry yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad um but it uh it the enneagram is a personality assessment that basically is about psychological and spiritual growth uh-huh. um and there are nine personality types and it talks about who you are in health who you are in um when you're not doing well. And I think that it is pertinent to Mm self-acceptance because, you know, personality assessments can be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a ENFJ and that's great. And what am I going to do with that? 
I really feel like the Enneagram feels different because it allows you to look at your darkness, Mm -hmm. allows you to look at the things you don't like about yourself and move into acceptance, Mm -hmm. but also do Mm -hmm. stuff about them. And for anyone who's confused what Becca was talking about when she said ENFJ, she's referring to the Myers-Briggs personality test, which is totally different. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Um, we'll talk a little bit. I think that using tools like the Enneagram, using therapy, using, I don't know, what else do you use for self-acceptance to, for that journey? Art. Yeah. Writing. Writing. Dance, music, storytelling, mm-hmm. friendship. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love. Love. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Having, I mean, I think the biggest thing for self-acceptance is having people. Mm-hmm. Having people mm-hmm, that you can be your true self with, uh-huh. and if you don't have your messy people, true self with, if you don't have those people, um, don't worry. Yeah, I, they're out there. They're out there. Um, and I think a really good place to start is therapy. Like mm-hmm. I'm a huge totally therapy agree. advocate. I think that a lot of my self acceptance journey is, yes, I'm a therapist, but I also go to therapy because mm-hmm. we could even talk about. I mean, we started to talk about accepting yourself as a cu- as a couple, accepting you and your partner Mm -hmm. as a unit um and that has been important for chad and i Mm -hmm. as we um have been in couples therapy for Mm. almost three years Mm -hmm. yeah it's incredible so you'll hear me pump up therapy a lot i really think everyone should be in therapy Mm -hmm. we're two therapists that are also in In therapy therapy. (laughs) so we 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 walk the the walk yeah therapists in therapy therapy. (laughs) (laughs) i love that Uh Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Are we done? I think unless you have follow up questions. No, I kind of feel like this is a natural ending. And I also just feel like, um, really grateful that we just did this. It was so cool. Yeah. Such a cool experience. Thank you for bearing with us as you listen to episode one. Yeah. Because as you know, if you're a podcast listener, they only get better from here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although I think this was really good and juicy and fun. It was really fun. And, um, yeah, I think, thank you again, like Becca said, for bearing with us. And also this is a creative process. So um, maybe this can also serve as inspiration for anyone out there who is daring to be creative. Um, we are just trusting the spontaneity of the moment and we have kind of an idea of what we're going for, but we're we're in a process and we're allowing that to be. So yeah, and if you want to follow us more, on social media. Do you want to share your social media, your Instagram? Um, sure. Is that really vulnerable? Yeah, that you was really vulnerable. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to. Well, you can think about maybe it. I'll think about it. Maybe, okay. yeah, maybe I'll wait and see. Okay. I'm eventually going to share it, but I'm yeah. not ready yet. Okay, that's an easy one for me. It's kind of what we talked about last uh-huh. night. I'll share more <laughs> later. Uh, but you can follow me at Millennial Therapist. Um, on Instagram for updates on the podcast. Yeah. Eventually. Maybe not right now, but go follow me. Yeah. Follow Becca. And um, we love you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Signing off. Okay. 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 Bye. changed her mind and she wants to share her social media with you so that you can follow her as well on her writing page sarah what where can our listeners find you um it is called from my heart to yours love sarah 
It's a long one, but it's worth following. Can you say it one more time? From my heart to yours, love Sarah. Go give her a follow, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.